All right, so welcome everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and participating in this um, wonderful teleconference event that I've been really looking forward to. Um, I'm Reverend Anna Jones, and um, we're going to have a lot of people on tonight's call, over 860, I think 870 were registered for this evening, kind of a record number of people um, participating in uh, this series and this, um, this message tonight. Uh, this is an angelic transmission from Archangel Michael. I call them the global transmissions. Um, and I'm going to be introducing um, myself a little bit here as I'm talking about uh, some of the special reasons why we're gathered. Uh, but those of you who are new to my work, thank you so much. There's so much that um, I have to say that I won't have a chance to say here tonight um, and, to, and to talk about myself and introduce myself. So please visit my website at AnnaJonesOnline.com, which is where you register for this event, and make sure that you take some time to look around the site, listen to the free podcast because all of the messages in this series, um, this is the culmination tonight's message actually in the series of messages that each one of them stands alone. So if you haven't listened to any of the others in the series, that's fine. You don't have to have participated in anything else. Um, but if you do want to actually go back and listen to the series, they're all up there. Um, all the recordings are up there and even downloadable on the podcast page of my website. Um, you'll see going all the way back to the summer solstice actually. So um, I've been doing these monthly global transmissions at Archangel Michael's request. Um, I'm a modern mystic and uh, these communication experiences that I've been having have been uh, something that um, I've been facilitating due to uh, spiritual guidance and spiritual instruction that I receive in deep meditative state and some of that um, process that I use I'm also going to be explaining to everybody tonight what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. But in addition to introducing myself um, uh, I'm going to be talking a bit more about um, here in the beginning uh, the special unique um, things about tonight and uh, the special sacred energies of sacred time uh, that we are also celebrating tonight of course it's here we find ourselves here gathered during the holidays um, but this is uh, like I said this series of messages began on the summer solstice and they've been occurring on the 20th of every month ever since, so the fall equinox was also uh, m midway in this process, and here we are at the culmination of the last message in this series. I'm not sure if these monthly transmissions will go on. Um, it, it really depends on Archangel Michael because um, he's the one that chooses this, and I facilitate and host, uh, at, again, um, the intuitive guidance that I receive from him. And um, so if he requests it for sometime in 2021 uh, or requests them to resume Zoom, then um, I am more than happy to do so. Uh, but tonight, uh, the, the, from the winter, sol from the summer solstice to the winter solstice, we are on the eve of the winter solstice. I've been doing these messages on the winter solstice. Um, I believe every winter solstice since around 2010 um, have been these global transmissions. I'd have to look back and figure it out for sure. Um, the, the, making them available, uh, free to everybody 
you know, around the world, etc., cetera, uh, for you to be able to participate in these teleconference calls. And I do it, do it via teleconference so as many can participate as possible because there's no limitations um, to the number of participants that I have using this conference service via phone, unlike uh, if I used Zoom or something, there'd be a limit to the number of people who could log in um, and, and listen to it all. So uh, it's special to experience it live on these special evenings because um, there is not just the message that's being delivered from Archangel Michael uh, in these transmissions, but there's also a lot of energy work that he does, which is why I call them transmissions. Uh, there's so much more being transmitted than just the words themselves. Uh, the vocal transmission may be coming through my voice, but there's an entire energy transmission that Archangel Michael is delivering to the planet at these sacred times and um, delivering uh, to the planet itself, to all beings on the planet, as he says, and um, also to um, all that are participating in this live or through the recordings. Um, I believe that the additional part of, of experiencing it live is that you're lining up, of course, with those sacred time energies and those these, sacred, these energies associated with sacred natural time of the cosmos and of the earth, moon, and stars, they amplify everything. They're much more energetically charged and they're much more uh, energetically amplified. So it's very powerful uh, to receive this transmission um, at the actual time, but it's also very powerful to listen to the recordings as well and to receive the vocal transmission and even the energy work that's being done uh, a lot of people report to me they still experience a lot of energy work uh, even just listening to the recordings uh, through the podcast afterwards so um, it's, uh, it's a blessing and Archangel Michael will be blessing us tonight on this eve of the winter solstice he, ass he assures me because again he's asked to so how do I know he'll be coming through because he's asked to do that he's asked me to so facilitate so that this that so that that could happen um so the, tonight, um, actually uh, overnight, uh, is when the, um, the exact time of the winter solstice will be. Uh, so even though you'll see written on the calendar December 21st, uh, the exact time of the winter solstice when that alignment happens um, of the sun and the earth and the sun um, aligning with the earth, uh, which of course it's uh, winter solstice in the northern hemisphere and summer solstice for those happening in the southern hemisphere but it's solstice for the entire planet. It's still solstice. Uh, the exact time will be 5.02 a.m. Uh, overnight um, Eastern time. So for those of you who are calling back east uh, and for those of you who are out in the west like where I am here in the Pacific, uh, it's at 2.02 a.m. because we're three hours time difference. So 5.02 a.m. Eastern time is the exact time of the winter solstice tonight uh, overnight um, and so we're on the eve of that and so we're in the energetic window of that um, every time there is a powerful sacred celestial event um, uh, even a full moon a new moon uh, those are powerful celestial events but especially you know when we feel the energies of solstices equinoxes uh, conjunctions alignments etc um, every time there is a three-day window um, the day uh, the day of obviously as well as the day before and the day after so the three-day window is the day before the day of or the day after where those energies are the strongest and of course the solstice, the word solstice, which again everybody on the planet, whether you're in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere calling in, um, everybody's experiencing solstice. Um, and what solstice, the 
actual uh, word stands for, it, it means um, sun stands still, because to the ancient ones, to our ancestors, they would look up in the sky, and to the naked eye, it appears that for those three days, for that three-day period, so that would be today, tomorrow, and the day after, so today, tomorrow, and the day after, um, it would literally appear to the naked eye as if the sun were in the same place in the sky and um, not moving uh, from in, into a different sign, into a different position, like it does every single day except for on the solstices. So um, it appears that way. It doesn't mean that it's not moving, but it, it gave the appearance of uh, the sun stands still. Uh, and, of course, there are major shifts of energy, um, major shifts of the seasons, and that's how most people uh, honor them and uh, experience them. Of course, that's the most palpable experience we all have of them is that they are, uh, the solstices and the equinoxes are powerful shifts of the season. The winter solstice is, uh, and always is, um, the time period uh, where it is the longest night and the shortest day. And then after, uh, so, so the day after the solstice, and the, actually the moments after the solstice, uh, the days will start getting longer. And this is another thing that is very commonly understood um, about the sacredness and specialness and uniqueness of uh, the solstice time periods. Um, on the summer solstice, the days start getting shorter, and on the uh, winter solstice, the days start getting longer. Uh, for those of you who follow moon cycles, think of it as entering into um, like the wax stage of the lunar cycle only it's with uh, a seasonal cycle right where the waxing of the light uh, begins to increase and uh, we'll continue to do so um, all the way up to, and the days will keep getting longer and longer and longer, and we'll continue to do so all the way up until the summer solstice um, in which that shift takes place again. Because of this unique nature of the winter solstice, and the, the, the vast majority of the population in the world is in the northern hemisphere, so the, there's millions, billions of people experiencing winter solstice right now. Um, because of this unique nature where uh, the, 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 the days start getting longer we end, we have the darkest night and then the days start getting longer it's often referred to also as the rebirth of the light and for many ancient calendar systems uh, and many ancient cultures indigenous cultures especially uh, would think of today would think of uh, tonight as being New Year's uh, the, the the beginning of the new year according to the sacred cycles of time the natural cycles of time of the natural rhythm of the natural world, uh, which again we kind of get out of and we don't um, follow per se in our man-made um, Gregorian calendar. So uh, we've kind of lost touch with some of those natural rhythms and lining ourselves up. So really for, for, for me, um, I follow natural time, sacred time as much as possible. This always feels like the spiritual uh, New Year. There's also some other times that very much are celebrated that way. Sometimes in some cultures, there's a few cultures that uh, see the spring equinox as a new year. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, some cultures that see the lunar new year, follow a lunar-based calendar instead, um, and see the lunar new year. Um, of course, the most famous being the Chinese calendar that follows that in our modern day. We, we, we know about that um, uh, when we celebrate Chinese New Year uh, that as 
as the the lunar new year. So, um, yeah, so there's different calendar systems that uh, do it, base it at different times, but there's a lot of ancient systems that uh, see, uh, I would say the predominant uh, is is seeing the winter solstice as that time of the rebirth of the light, uh, the beginning of the the, the, the new year. Um, so I, I'm, I'm also going to be sharing with you some information tonight. Um, not only are we going to be do, receiving this transmission from Archangel Michael and the light activation that comes with it, uh, because as he's sending, what he's really transmitting is light, and it activates light within us, and it activates light uh, within within the planet itself. Um, but there's something else also uh, celestially uh, happening that makes this even more powerful than it always is every year. Um, and of course, every year it's special. Uh, but you know, since 2012, especially, there's been uh, this, this also increasing awareness around the galactic alignment that's taking place, and that the winter solstice sun is aligned with the galactic center. Um, and this is an ongoing galactic alignment every winter solstice uh, that's been happening and will continue to happen um, going forward. So it, it's, it's happening. It's been happening. It's going to be happening. Uh, that the uh, there's a galactic alignment, the, the alignment of our sun on the winter solstice with the, with the galactic center, that brings incredible new energy in, in and of itself. This is something, um, again, if, if, if everything else wasn't going on, would be powerful enough in and of itself, uh, bringing in sweeping, usually uh, very transformative new energies, bringing us into a, a new year and a new time. Um, and Archangel Michael has been speaking about, if you haven't listened to these messages, the last message he was speaking about uh, the 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 new dawn. Um, this being a time period uh, of which we're in the early early stages of a new dawn, a new dawn that has been building and building. Uh, that we shifted into December 21st, 2012, and that um, continues to have different stages. And we're in the early dawn moments. And this this solstice, he's identified uh, in these messages that's been coming through. Michael's identified um, this solstice as beginning another new stage in that early dawn. So there's many multiple stages of the dawn, and this is another new stage in that new dawn um, of this bigger uh, shift that's been taking place that he calls the the great shift of the ages, which has to do with um, the energies coming from the the, the alignments that we keep experiencing uh, with, you know, the shifts from the the, the shift of the ages that's already taken place, and it's taking place year after year within our lifetimes. so, but in addition, there's special energies tonight. So there's all of that. So there's all those things. In fact, uh, I talk more about what I just said in the intro, if you're interested, uh, that's up on that uh, podcast last month, um, right? So because actually uh, the message last month was a lot about the new dawn. In fact, he talked a lot in the message left from last month. Archangel Michael talked a lot about uh, the dark night of the soul and the new dawn that we're all experiencing um, and how they're happening simultaneously and how one is uh, making the other um, basically uh, not possible, but, you know, part of the other, so to speak. Speak. Uh, and, and, and I speak a lot more about uh, the things that I was just talking about regards to the new dawn uh, in my intro to that one again, which is up on the Celeste. It's called the Celestial Voice Podcast. Um, it's up on my AnnaJonesOnline.com website, and it's the top one. The one from last month is, is listed at the very top, uh, and it's also available on iTunes for those who um, want to just uh, download it from iTunes. Just uh, Google Celestial Voice Podcast with um, Anna Jones on iTunes, and you'll 
you'll be able to find that and hear more about that. Because I want to spend some more time before we get into the transmission talking a little bit here tonight about what is additional going on uh, this evening um, over the early morning hours overnight between now and and the time that uh, uh, you know the, the the dawn happens tomorrow um, is also uh, what is called the Saturn Jupiter uh, Great Conjunction, um, also known as the Grand Conjunction. So some call it a Great Conjunction, some call it a Grand Conjunction, uh, but it's a powerful conjunction. Also, in um, actually astronomical terms, it's also referred to as a mutual occultation. Um, so the Saturn Jupiter mutual occultation. Um, is something that um, has not happened uh, in um, our lifetimes. In fact, it has not happened since 1226 AD exactly the way that it's happening now. Um, and some of the unique things about it happening uh, the way that it's happening now is one of the things is that it's visible to us, um, not everybody in the world, I believe, but the most people in the world, a large percentage of the populated world, uh, has been able to watch this conjunction uh, start to happen, be happening, be moving into place on a nightly basis, being able to look up into the night sky and see it with our physical eyes. And um, if we have binoculars, then that's going to bring it even more into focus. And if you have uh, telescopes, then that's going to help bring it more, even more into focus. Um, with uh, tonight at um, overnight at 5.30 a.m. Pacific time, which is 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, being the apex of it. Um, so we've been seeing it, the, the, the two planets, Saturn and Jupiter, um, up in the night sky in the constellation of Capricorn. So when you go out and look at it um, and you look up, uh, you'll, if you look for the constellation of Capricorn, um, you'll see it um, or you'll just see the two very, 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 very close to each other. Um, I did this last night with my husband and they, they were... Um, the closest we've been watching them all summer long, just like, traveling together uh, in this in the night sky and getting closer and closer and closer, like day after day, week after week, um, over these last few months uh, until they will reach their closest point. So that's what the apex is, right? So when they reach their their closest point, uh, will be overnight tonight um, in the morning hours of 5:30 a.m. Pacific time, and 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 in the morning. Um, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So that'll be early tomorrow morning um, for those of you back east. And um, so tonight, going out and looking at it tonight uh, is your best bet of being able to see it up in the night sky at its closest point. Um, because if you're in some place where the sun has already risen, you won't be able to see that closest point. So for those of you back east at 8.30 a.m., you might not be able to see that closest point because the sun will have already uh, risen at that point in time. But that's one of the things that makes it so unique is that um, it's had such visibility. And of course, um, there's been a lot, of, uh, con a lot of articles written and been circulated around. I've been seeing on social media media, uh, people theorizing that it could be also the phenomena um, of Jupiter and Saturn coming together could also be the, the phenomena that, that created the Christmas star. Um, my husband and I are, are very much um, passionate about astronomy. 
as well as cosmology and um, astrology is, is also an interest, but cosmology is really our greatest interest. And um, we have uh, watched multiple different things on the subject of the Christmas star. And it definitely is one of the possibilities as to what uh, the, the stories of the wise men saw and wise men followed, uh, what, what would have been possible, some kind of gra- grand conjunction or great conjunction uh, that, that took place. There's also two or three other possibilities as to what the Christmas star was, so there's no way of saying for sure uh, that this is this is this is what it was. But it is one of the things that is also a possibility of that, and of course, it's occurring here um, on the actual day of within three and a half hours. So this conjunction reaching its its closest point, uh, its closest apex of its alignment uh, within three and a half hours of the winter solstice, and um, obviously within four days. Uh, of, uh, of of the celebration of Christmas. Um, so that's uh, all very special. Uh, all of that adds very special, unique, sacred energies. There's something uh, so much more palpable um, about that. As far as Jupiter itself, though, just for everybody to be aware of, every 20 years, um, Jupiter has a 12-year orbit. So every 20 years, um, Jupiter and Saturn appear to pass each other in the sky. So that part um, is is not what makes it unusual. So every 20 years, there's uh, they, they, they seem to pass each other in the sky. This passing can sometimes be still called a conjunction. That's why this one is called the Great Conjunction or the Grand Conjunction, um, because they're coming within one-fifth the size of the distance of the moon, so that's a little bit of a technicality there, but it's 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 pretty uh, pretty close to our eye, right? To being able to look at it up in the night sky. But are they that close in actuality? I mean, of course, they're still very very far apart in their physical presence from each other. But it's again from our perspective, looking at them from Earth, where the the viewpoint, the 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 conjunction, the, the, of course, the Earth plays a role in our perspective in all of that. Um, so. There's uh, something that we feel about that. So there's the in, back in 1226 AD is the last time all of the factors. So all of the factors uh, that we have now um, at play uh, is when this particular one happened. And there's not going to be one for another really long time. In fact, this kind of mutual occultation, um, the next any mutual occult- occultation of any planets is going to be in 2065 uh, with Jupiter and Venus, uh, according to some of the um, information that I was looking up today. So that's that's pretty profound. Um, so Jupiter and Saturn, uh, they are, um, in many ways, I see them as very opposite uh, to each other. Jupiter is expansion and generosity and spirituality. Um, Saturn is uh, constriction, contraction, discipline, karma, work. Uh, and in many ways, they're also like heaven and earth as far as just how different they are, uh, those kind of um, differences that they have vibrationally, those two analogies can also help us to understand the differences in their energy. So 
they are actually in the constellation of Capricorn. This is where they are physically located at. So if you look up in the sky and you read some Western astrology that says that it's happening in the sign of Aquarius and you look for Aquarius, you will not see them in Aquarius. That is not where they are physically located at. Um, So they are physically located in the constellation of of Capricorn, and so they are uh, carrying very much that Capricorn energy which is associated with uh, work and service and vocation and so many other things that again this isn't an astrology talk it's going to be we're going to let Archangel Michael say a whole lot more about what he wants to uh, describe about these but I wanted to just share this information with you um, because first of all uh, Western astrology has not been um, it still very much applies to the seasons and it still very much applies to um, a lot of the things that we can feel energetically because of the seasonal aspect of Western astrology, which is also known as tropical astrology, but it has not been astronomically accurate for almost 2,000 years due to the precession of the equinoxes. Um, but you will see still um, and, and, and feel still a lot of uh, accuracy when you read things about Western astrology, and I'm not saying that there's not validity to it, because of it being being uh, seasonally based, there's definitely something that we feel as valid to it. But Western astrology will say, and a lot of the articles on Western astrology will say that that it's happening in the sign of um, Aquarius. And in Western astrology, it's carrying that energy of Aquarius. Then, of course, people have taken that and used that to say that this means that it's, you know, the dawning of the the dawning of the age of Aquarius that, 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 we've, that we're entering the age of Aquarius and that this is the point. This is the point. Well, there's been just so many different theories about that. That's definitely not um, something that I'm going to confirm uh, or, uh, or, or say isn't possible either, right? So I can't confirm it. I can't say it's not possible. I'm just going to say that um, it is... Uh, <laughs> It's carrying the energy of Aquarius. We've been, we've had multiple celestial events um, dating all the way back to the 1960s. There's been multiple shifts and things that have been taking place, all of which could indicate that we are entering into the age of Aquarius, which is a totally different age of, of, of consciousness and just different shift in vibration that we experience, right? So, um, the uh, to say that one event is the is the proof that it's now begun or is the proof that it's now beginning. I I sometimes feel my my inner truth, like my intuitive feeling about this, following all of these cosmic celestial events for as long as I have. I've been uh, really following this very dedicatedly since 1987. Um, is that and I was born in 1967, the 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 the, the year that you know the, the dawning of the age of Aquarius was also being uh, predicted. So. Um, this is also another interest to me because of the the year that I was born in. Um, so my personal feeling of it is that all of these celestial events are part of moving us into that new era of consciousness. Um, that there's not just one defining event that's like, okay, this is the beginning of the age of Aquarius, which is why astronomers, astrologers, um, not even within Western astrology, can agree upon it, right? Uh, and they can't point to, you know, for sure, you know, 
know, he, here is a um, event where you know the age of Aquarius begins, or, or the, a date where the age of Aquarius begins. Um, so my feeling is that it's been this uh, kind of collection, this culmination, uh, this, this building up of of energy. Um, and of course, the new era isn't just about the age of Aquarius. It, it's it's one way of looking at the the new dawn or the new era. What Archangel Michael saw, calls the, the the great shift of the ages. It's just another way of looking at it. It's another way of being able to describe it. And what many, many ancient prophecies that I've also studied point to about this time period that we're living in that makes it powerful and unique enough as it is. Um, but I just wanted to share with you, and then we're going we're gonna to turn it over to Archangel Michael here in the transmission, but um, I wanted to share with you the process the angels gave me. Uh, the process the angels gave me is they, um, they, they, they've asked me to make it as transparent as possible. I feel like it's important. Uh, to make the process as transparent as possible so that you all know um, that this process was given to me um, decades ago and it wasn't something that I thought of or that I, you know, thought up or that I said, I want to start, you know, uh, be, be channeling angels. I want to start being a, a, a medium for angels. I have been in communication with them my whole life, clairaudiently, clairvoyantly, um, and then I started receiving messages for other people. Um, uh, during laying on of hands healing during uh, many a few years that I spent in a charismatic Catholic youth group at the age of uh, 14 so between the ages of uh, 14 17 18 like between that time period uh, very very engaged in um, doing laying on of hands healing and then part of that experience of those healing experiences uh, which is also what got me really started on the field of energy medicine and I've been in in exploring that and, and diving deeply into that ever since um, but was being able to receive messages from other people and asked to be delivering them and then I've been also developing that in multiple ways ever since became an interfaith minister in 1993 as a way of expanding that healing work and the, um, the, the 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 thing that I see and I feel is that there's uh, uh, my ministry has three distinct parts to it. Uh, the part that I do as an interfaith minister that just works with people of all faiths and no faiths and of every denomination to um, just help people deepen in their spiritual connection with the divine and deepen into their their heart of that that relationship that they have with the divine that's personal to each person to regardless of what religion or faith they practice. That's part of the ministry. And then there's my healing ministry, which is mostly around spiritual healing and energy healing. And then there's the angelic part of my ministry, which is continuing that work that began long ago, which they've asked me to deliver messages for other people, only it's evolved uh, to the point that we're going to be experiencing it tonight. And one of the things that evolved it uh, quite profoundly uh, was when they gave me the process that they were going to be using tonight. Um, And uh, there's, there's a process of praise and asking and thanking and receiving and then back to praise. So there's actually four things that are done in five steps. But there's actually another step to tell you the truth that I always make sure that it's like it's a preceding step. It's like it precedes the the, the formal process even. And that is to never approach, to never begin the process. The guidance, the instruction that that I've been given is to never even approach the the, the process or begin the process without having put questions forth. Um, and so the, the, the questions that um, I come up with, are, the, the questions that I'm going to be putting forth for tonight are ones that I've come up with for tonight. And there's also been a couple of questions that were submitted by members of my Archangel Michael study group. 
I've been having uh, monthly Archangel Michael study groups uh, where we study these messages that have been coming through during, from this uh, sequence of transmissions. And um, the study group members are really working with the transcripts of them as well as the recordings of them. Uh, and we go much more in-depth into looking at them and discussing them. Um, at least I discuss it in, in, in the group. And then everybody looks and does more formal study on their own. But... Um, the, uh, the the study group members um, also have the ability to submit questions. I got two questions from the study group members that uh, will go. I'm going to go over and I'm going to ask and put forth, um, and then I have my questions that I'm going to put forth, which has to do also with some of the things that we've been talking about regarding the Saturn-Jupiter uh, conjunction, where we are in the whole great, um, you know, the, the 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 process that he's been talking about, or the new dawn, or the shift of the ages that he's been. Speaking of, so, um, but there's two questions that did come in from the study group members for Archangel Michael tonight. Uh, the first question is on the subject of entrainment, um, which is uh, the entraining of energy, the, in, the entrainment patterns or entrainment for energy, um, and it has to do with uh, if he could explain more about entrainment, if he could tell us more about it, uh, it, how to use it, especially how to use it during this this time period that we're in on the Earth, um, and then a question in regards to uh, a topic that comes up quite regularly. Um, it's a term that's being used uh, quite quite regularly these days on the topic of spiritual bypassing, if he could explain more about uh, what spiritual bypassing is. So those are the questions that were submitted. If you're part of the Archangel Michael study group and you submitted questions and they're not being asked here, it just means I didn't receive them. So I apologize. I only received these two questions in my email box unless something went into uh, somewhere else or it just didn't go through. Um, so my question, so those are questions submitted by the study group. So my question is Archangel Michael. Specifically, I have a very important question that I would love for him to speak more about regarding the great conjunction here of Saturn and Jupiter. Recently, I was um, doing a private uh, angel reading, uh, angel and spirit guide reading, because I, um, I call these global transmissions when I'm doing them in group, but I do these for private. In fact, I've done them for for, for decades uh, privately uh, before I even started doing these, these global transmissions. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions via phone and via Zoom, um, and there's uh, all kinds of um, information about that up on my website. In fact, if you go to the holiday section of my website, not only will you find a free gift for all of you, which would be a gift on angelic healing for, your, for radiant health. It's a class and a meditation on angelic healing for radiant, radiant health. It's a free gift for all of you. But you'll also find information about um, discounts that are offered this time of the year for those private sessions. So I was having a private session um, with somebody recently in which um, the subject of um, the conjunction came up. And uh, it came up that uh, there is... Um, there's two times when we, there, well, actually, there's one time is what came up. There's one time in our lives that we all can relate to and that we've all experienced where we feel these intensely opposite energies of expansion 
and contraction simultaneously. Um, and that time of our life um, was identified as being the time at birth, um, when birth is happening. Um, so again, getting back to the energies of Jupiter, right? Jupiter is expansion. When the, the, it's the most expansive, um, massive of all the planets in our solar system. It carries this expansive energy, uh, which is why it's also related to abundance and prosperity. That's the, the, the nature of the energies of that particular planet. So it, it, it brings this expansive energy. And Saturn is contraction. Um, and, it, and, it, and it brings a constriction, a contracted type of, of energy. And um, experiencing them, one and the other, is very common in our lives. Uh, we experience that every time we breathe, right? But, but we experience first, you know, one and then the other, right? So we inhale and the diaphragm of the lungs expand. We exhale, the diaphragm of the lungs contract, right? So there's that um, way that we experience that expansion and contraction in every breath that we take, but we experience one and then the other. And um, so what was being described or what was what was coming up in the session, um, the private session, was that both of them simultaneously, so it was, what, what was being revealed to me is that we rarely experience them simultaneously, um, which is what the, conjunction, the Great Conjunction is about, bringing their energies together into this very, very close alignment is both of their energies simultaneously. And so what was revealed is that when one, one time in our lives, everyone so this is what was also profound to me from that private session is everyone experiences it at birth so not just the mother who's going through intense contractions in expansion of her physical body and that every contraction actually causes the physical body to literally expand like literally every contr intense contraction causes this intense expansion to to happen within the mother's body but also the child too right so what was being shown to me and described to me was that um, the child is experiencing it in a, in a different way as well the child is experiencing that expansion and contraction simultaneously in the whole different way of being birthed and so that's one way that we've all experienced it as well is that we've all experienced it through the process of being born um, and so that's why it's not just women who have who have who have gone through childbirth. It's actually uh, all of us who have uh, been born who have gone through birth in this life. So uh, that was really really interesting to me. Uh, it was eye opening. I was like, hmm, very interesting. I really want to know more about this Archangel Michael. Can you please tell us more? I'm I'm fascinated. I would love to see if there's anything further that it can explain to us about um, that the the, the combination of the energies when they're when they're together that 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 is so powerful that birth takes place the, 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 the expansion the contraction happening simultaneously so powerfully that birth takes place and and um, so if he wants to share with us any more about that I put that question out there would love to hear more or if he would just like to share more with us about um, what's being born um, you know there, there, there's obviously here we are on the winter solstice this is happening 
the winter solstice is the rebirth of the light every year anyway. So um, that's birth and rebirth. Um, and so uh, here's this conjunction on this day within three and a half hours of, of the apex, right? So the apex of the conjunction is within three and a half hours of the apex of the solstice. So what is being born, if he wants to describe that to us, or how do we use the energy? So my other question would be, and or, so if he wants to do and or, um, how do we use the energy to birth forth what we want to create? Uh, because at the beginning of 2020, so this time last year, winter solstice of last year, there were all these messages that he was delivering leading up to 2020 around um, you know, really being uh, co-creating within the year 2020 and being very conscious about it. Um, and uh, there was a whole bunch of things that, a whole bunch of uh, profound work uh, that he, he he guided doing as far as um, being able to dream and intend and imagine and manifest. So dream, intend, imagine, and manifest was what he was talking about this time last year going into 2020, that it was going to be this, you know, major turning point year um, and he was predicting that you know from September of 2019 all the way up to the winter solstice of 2019 and um, that it was going that we were going to be reaching some you know new set point um, and reset so to speak uh, that that would be very very uh, powerful for us um, and that we needed to really move more and more into our roles as co-creators um, and to uh, work with these things so I'm, I'm always very curious especially now that we're here and there's this birth energy right so this rebirth of the light time and there's this incredible energy for birth and new birth to happen um, I'm incredibly curious as to to uh, anything that he wants to explain to us as to what can we birth through this energy? What can we, what can we create and co-create? What, you know, and how do we do it? Um, and maybe that also ties into, um, maybe that also ties into the question that was being asked about uh, entrainment and things. So, um, yeah, so those are my questions as well as just anything else he wants to say uh, regarding this beautiful sequence of messages that he's been bringing through. He's been speaking almost every month about one or more of the virtues and um, it's just been very enlightening um, and just a whole new way of looking at the virtues, working with them, um, you know, very uh, life-changing in many ways uh, if we really take those teachings and apply it. So uh, if he wants to either bring those uh, teachings of the virtues back up again, if there's anything further that he wants to explain about that, um, I'm more than happy to uh, allow him to spend however much time he wants to do in speaking about that and put the questions out there for him. Um, and if there's anything, my final question would be, if there's anything special that he would advise that we do spiritually, is there a special spiritual practice? Is there a special um, meditation or anything like that? that? Because sometimes he's given very elaborate details of meditations and um, practices. So that, that would be advantageous to do uh, right now during the time of the solstice alignment and the grand, great conjunction. Um, or uh, going forward into 2021. Um, so, yeah, those are all the questions. All right, so we're going to be beginning the next stages now. We're going to go into now the formal um, process that they've given me. Uh, so now that I put all the questions forward and we discussed where we're at and what the energies of tonight are, um, we're going to begin the process of 
the praising, asking, thanking, receiving, and then I'll end bringing it all, think of it as a circle, right? Everything is a circle, everything's a spiral. So bringing it all full circle again, back to praising at the end. So the, this is a process that they gave me, that if, that if I would always use it, it would always work. So um, this is, uh, I teach this process, I try to make it as clear as possible, and, I, and, and the instruction that the angels gave when they gave it is that it's not just for me to do, that it's for everyone, that um, it's for everyone to participate in. And you'll actually get the most out of this transmission um, if you actually participate uh, in this process, uh, if we participate in it all together, rather than try to just witness it or listen to it without participating, etc. Um, not just participating in the invocation, but participating in the meditation. Um, so I'll be guiding us through a praise chant, and then I'll be guiding us through uh, the asking for part, which is a, a, a very specific prayer invocation that I use, um, and then a prayer of gratitude, and then into the receiving. And the receiving is really letting, um, the instruction from the angels during the receiving is to really let yourself go into a relaxed, quiet, meditative state and truly receive from them. So not just listening with your physical ears, but that's why I'm saying participate. Actually go into the meditative state and allow yourself to receive from them. Um, it's during this time that the full transmission is coming through, not just the words, right? So just a reminder, the reason why, you know, you're being asked to relax, meditate, you know, go into a listening, receptive, meditative state um, during that time period is not so you just you can hear on a deep level. You are going to hear it on a much deeper level, what comes through as far as the vocal part of the transmission, but it's so that you can receive any energy work that your angels want to do on you, any energy that Archangel Michael is sending, any light activation, because like I said, it's, it's all light that he's sending to the planet right now and energy that is being sent. So it's activating things. It's activating within the planet. It's activating within in us, it's activating our light and the light energy of, um, of everything. So um, it, you can receive that more fully if you, if you do participate in the whole process, including that receiving process of letting yourself go into a relaxed, just listening, meditative state. And then um, once he's done speaking, once he's done transmitting all the energy, which sometimes is even done in silence, sometimes uh, these transmissions include moments of silence, periods of silence, beginning, middle, end. Uh, it can happen really at any time, once he's done transmitting that energy, then um, I will have us, I always like to throw in a little bit of gratitude at the end because I'm always just feeling so grateful afterwards. Um, and I'm listening at the same time that you're hearing it. I'm a trance channel. Um, I'm an, an, a trance angel medium, which means I go into a deep trance state like yourself. I'm going into a meditative state. So I'm guiding you through the, the, the praise and I'm guiding you through the asking and the thanking. And then when we go into the receiving, I'm going into a receptive meditative state and I go into a deep deep trance state um, putting myself and my, my mind, my mind and my thoughts into uh, just a witness place and uh, stepping aside as much as possible, letting my energy expand out so that their energy can come in um, is really what I'm experiencing. And um, I'm listening to what's being said at the same time you're hearing it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm watching, I'm witnessing uh, the, 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 the energy. Um, sometimes there's visuals even that goes along with that, etc. 
So um, I will have us do some gratitude and I'll have us do a very short praise chant, Adonai Elohim, just by itself, just those two uh, sacred names of the divine will be the praise chant at the very end. And then the last thing, as I'm coming up out of the trance state, um, out of the meditation, I'll bring all of you up out of the meditation and then I'll start to share anything that I did see, hear, or feel or anything that went in addition to what was being said or anything that stood out to me. Uh, sometimes there's a little, sometimes there's a lot, sometimes there's so much that it's hard for me to even speak afterwards, but um, whatever it is that I'm, that I'm witnessing and um, experiencing, I'll t- attempt to try to describe and share with you some of you afterwards, um, and then we'll, uh, I'll unmute you all so everybody can just say goodbye. There won't be an opportunity to ask any questions or anything at the end, but you're always welcome to email me afterwards um, if there's anything that you wanted to uh, ask about or discuss uh, or, or, or speak to me on any of my Facebook uh, pages, my Reverend Anna Jones page, my Archangel Michael and Legion of Light page are pages that I'm on um, pretty regularly, uh, even though not, not as regularly lately, but um, I'm on them pretty regularly interacting there. So, um, yeah, so that's the process. And I'm going to guide you through it step by step. And the praising chant um, is also something that, was um, specifically guided uh, and and specifically requested. So um, the guidance I received was to use these Hebrew names for God uh, and to also um, to chant Michael's name uh, under the pronunciation of Mikael, Mikael, Mikael. There's many different pronunciations. Uh, Michael is just how it's said in English. Uh, in fact, he says that he's known in every culture, including cultures that um, that, that call him very different names. Right. So that there's uh, every culture on earth, he says, has some understanding of this higher being uh, who truly is a being of pure love and pure light uh, who is assisting all of humanity and all of the earth, and uh, Archangel Michael um, will be um, invoked through um, the asking later on, but then also through this um, this praise chant, Mikael, 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 um, so three times, Mikael, 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 and then Adonai, Elohim, Adonai. Adonai, Eloheinu, and then Mikael, Mikael, Mikael again. So um, that is uh, three times at the beginning, three times at the end. Remember that uh, we're not just um, calling upon a higher being. We're not just calling upon an archangel. Uh, When we are um, uh, chanting Mikael, 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 we're actually invoking the presence of the divine that um, is uh, embodied within Archangel Michael and serving uh, through Archangel Michael. Um, And the L part of that name, E-L, is an ancient Hebrew name for God as well. In fact, Michael's name, regardless of which pronunciation is used, literally translates into English as um, he who is like unto God or he who is like God. So we are literally invoking that that energy, that presence, that uh, that power—not just of the archangel, but of the divine—that uh, that that comes through that as well. And then Adonai, Elohim; um, <clears throat> those are Hebrew names for God. And Adonai, Eloheinu, also Hebrew names for God. Um, and so we're invoking the divine presence through the same process that the angels use uh, to stay connected at all times. They're in a constant state of praise. Actually, angels are always in a constant state. <clears throat> of praise no matter what they do. 
and um, whatever else, the, the, the multidimensional roles that they play in our lives, which is quite profound. Um, and so the chant will, I'll, I'll guide you in the chant, and then we'll go straight into, I'll take you through the asking, the thanking, and into the meditation. Okay? All right. So let me just take a drink of water. I want you to make your all selves all comfortable. Taking a drink of water here. Get yourself into a nice relaxed position. <clears throat> okay. Let me make sure the recording's gone. Yep, recording's gone. Sitting back. Closing our eyes. We're going to center ourselves by taking some long, slow, deep breaths. And then we'll begin the praise chant. Please join me either silently or out loud. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, 
to the asking invocation. So now, in whatever way feels right to you all individually, I want you to join me in silent prayer. And I want you to ask and call upon the presence of divine love and divine light in whatever way feels right to you. The silent way, let's all together do that at this moment. And as we call in the presence of divine love and divine light, let's also ask to be protected and connected by divine love and divine light individually, personally, as well as collectively. Let's ask to be connected in a circle of love and light that transcends space and distance and even time. Ask that we be joined in a circle of love and light that we share in that regardless of where we are and when this is being received. That we be connected in that circle of love and light that we're joining and creating here today. And then I want you to silently call out to Archangel Michael in whatever way feels right to you, calling upon him by name, asking him to be fully present with you, and asking for him to be fully present with all of us in this circle of love and light that we've created. And specifically, I want you to ask Archangel Michael to come through and to use this as an opportunity to bring through the light activation and the message transmission that he wishes to deliver to all of us, as well as the entire energy transmission that he wishes to bring to the earth and bring to humanity at this time. We ask and invoke that that be sent and that that be received. 
We ask him to hear the questions that have been put forth and to respond to any or all of these questions. And silently, let's give him permission to speak freely to us all about whatever it is that he feels is for our highest good right now, for the highest good of humanity, for humankind and all beings. Just give him that permission to speak freely and to transmit freely whatever is for our highest good. So we're finished with the asking and we're going to go now into the thanking. And so we're going to focus on gratitude. Really let ourselves feel gratitude in our hearts for Archangel Michael. So first we're going to just send out that gratitude to Archangel Michael and thank him for the role that he plays in our lives, known and unknown to us. Even if we don't know what that is, we still want to be grateful for it. And the role that he plays in the world all the, all that he does and all that he is in our world, known and unknown to us, we just send out that gratitude at this time. And then let's send out our gratitude prayers directly to the divine for all of the blessings of life, including the blessings in our lives. So take a moment to say a silent prayer of thankfulness and appreciation and of deep gratitude from our hearts directly to the divine for the many blessings of life. And now we're finished with the gratitude step and we're going to move now into the step of receiving the part of the process where we just open ourselves to receive and receive the full transmission. So I want you to deepen your breathing, let yourself relax even more now, just relax into a quiet, meditative, listening state. Allow the recording to be your notes and just go deep to receive. I'm going to go deeper now into my silent meditation and into the silent trance state. And I'm going to be in silence until the next words will be the vocal part of the transmission, the oral part of the transmission coming through.
With all of my love, I respond. And I thank you. From my heart to your heart, it is I, the Archangel Michael, that has called you forth to more consciously participate in this light activation at this time, this very special sacred time. First, I wish to begin by asking you to inhale and feel the expansion and the energy of expansion within your body. And then exhale and feel the contraction, fully allowing yourself to slowly exhale, exhaling fully and feel the energy of that contraction. And then repeat. Inhale and feel the energy of expansion. And exhale and feel and focus on the energy of contraction. Breathe and understand this sacred cycle of life. that is so natural and so fundamental. These energies of expansion and contraction are fundamental for all of life to not only be birthed into existence, but to continue to move in existence, thrive in existence. And so breathing meditations and breath work that is done consciously, not just unconsciously breathing the shallow breath that so many of you breathe on a regular basis, but consciously breathing. is appropriate meditation work to be done. Very specifically at the time of the Great Conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter. Because conscious breath work and breathing meditations are just as you've simply done right now helps to be aware of these energies, understand these energies. And the closest that you can come in doing conscious breath work that allows for you to experience the energies of both expansion and contraction simultaneously as they combine and synergize together like they are in the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter is a specific type of breath work 
known as rapid diaphragmic breathing, sometimes also known as bellows breath, also named breath of fire. You are still, even in that breath work, you are still exhaling and inhaling in sequence. It's not possible for you to do both simultaneously because of the way your physical anatomy works with your physical breath. It is possible, however, to breathe the pranic force through your chakra system, receiving and expelling energy, pranic energy, also known as chi, through the chakra system simultaneously, and visualizing that. Visualizing that because it is the natural state of your chakras to be in that state of constant expansion and contraction, the inflow and the outflow happening simultaneously of the pranic energy through your chakra system. But when it comes to breath work, the closest you can come is through the rapid diaphragmic breathing. And you will get a feel then for how cleansing, how purifying, how high of a vibration comes in when both of them, the contraction and the expansion, combine. For in that breath of fire in that rapid diaphragmic breathing which should only be done especially for beginners especially for people who are not used to that type of breath work practice for only seconds moments at a time until you become much more comfortable with it and familiar with it that practice you will find that it wakes you it raises your vibratory level very quickly it is often used to bring in vitality when one is tired or exhausted Within the ancient cultures of the world that utilize it, many ancient systems are aware of the values of it. Most commonly, in your modern day, in the yogic practices, you can find many things still taught and explained about it. including the practice itself. So even if you were to just do a few repetitions of a few moments, 
leading up to the grand conjunction or at the time of the great conjunction. You'll be able to feel the expansiveness of what happens within your life force. Because even though it is expansion and contraction, both happening and occurring very rapidly, what ultimately the practice does is expand you in a whole other way, opening you, perhaps would be another word that's even better to use, and raising your vibration. Add to this practice intentions and prayers which are focused ways of sending out intentions based on love so that the heart is engaged. So setting very specific intentions for yourself and for others and for the earth and for all beings because you should always remember that you are all one and interconnected and that what happens to one happens to all eventually at some point and in some way through the energetic ripple effect that takes place in the oneness that you all share that you are individual and yet you are indivisible so make sure that your intentions your loving intention your heart centered intentions are not just for yourself and you're for yourself alone. Including what you want to birth. Manifestation is birthing, co-creating from dream, from intention, from the subtle energy that takes form into thought form, that takes form into emotion and desire, into the material manifestation, into the material world, into the material form. It is a sacred, sacred process. And as I instructed on the last winter solstice, It should never be a sacred process that excludes your intentions and prayer work for others, for the earth, and for other beings. If it's just for yourself and yourself alone, I'm not saying that your prayers will not be answered. For all prayers are answered in one way or another, even if the answers are not yet, even if the answers are wait, even if the answers are adapted so that something even higher and even better can come about or that something different that it will ultimately bring about what is really truly needed comes about and even if those answers to those prayers are sometimes no something else is needed instead something else must happen is a part of the higher good instead 
regardless of how the prayers are answered, all prayers are answered, but the prayers that are most profound. The intention work and the prayer work that you are to do personally, collectively, includes the whole. As I instructed, it cannot just be for yourselves and yourselves alone as individuals because you are not just individuals. You are individuals. And your individuality is sacred and precious. Truly precious. But you are indivisible. You are part and parcel of the greater whole, you are one with each other and this can never be ignored. As I have said many, many times, and it will need to be said over and over and over again until it is fully understood, not just by a few, not just by many, but by all. And so I am encouraging you to do breathing meditation. I'm encouraging you to do rapid diaphragmic breath and combining that with loving intentions from your heart being sent out as intention statements or as intention prayers. And in those prayers, in the most loving heart-connected way possible, Send out your intention prayers for not just what you want to create for yourself. Yes, what you want for yourself. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. But not just that. But what you want for humanity right now. What that loving intention is for humanity right now. And for the earth, the planet itself and for all living beings, and for all living entities, that you are one with, that you are one family of light, one family of spirit. Have them be intention prayers for what you want birthed at this time. For yourself, for each other, for the earth, for all beings. And then follow that with very specific affirmation statements. Affirming the receiving and affirming the manifestation of it. Because energy flows and manifestation flows. Where your intentions go. And as your intentions flow forth, flow out. Visualize. Visualize yourselves healed and whole. Visualize humanity healed and whole. Visualize the earth healed and whole. And all of you, all beings, visualize you all in a state of being healed and whole. 
being healed and whole. What does that look like? What does that feel like? What is the energy of that? What is the vibration of that? Breathing in healing, breathing out healing, breathing in wholeness, breathing out wholeness. What are all of the vibrations of it? Unity, harmony, they are part of it. For there cannot be healing and there cannot be a restoration and a rebirth of wholeness for humanity, moving everything on to the next level, moving everything and everyone on to the next level of your conscious evolution without unity, balance, and harmony. Feel that. Don't just ask for it. Feel it. Birth is one of the most real, palpable, powerful experiences in all of creation. Everything and everyone is brought into this heightened state and there's so much sensation, so much energy. And there's so much potentiality for heightened awareness. And so use this time of heightened awareness. Choose healing and wholeness. And remember, after this very simple practice that I am recommending, that be done not just right now, but truly at any time you are wanting to co create, manifest, birth something forth into creation. Remember the virtues. And what I have taught and explained in this series of messages about them. That they are powers of co-creation. They are tools, instruments, 
energies of co-creation that you have to co-create a healed and healthy and whole life and community and nation and world and culture and planetary relationships that you have to create with. I have asked to speak even more at length about the virtues and in the future plan to do so through this channel. The things that I've said thus far, it's not enough to just know the virtues. It's not enough to just think you understand them. They must be enacted. They must be energies that are engaged, engaged so much that those energies are applied so deeply that they are lived. It is not enough to just understand a virtue or to like a virtue or to embrace a virtue or to practice a virtue sometimes but not other times. To really master and be the masters of co-creation that you are is a mastery of living the virtues, of living the virtues. That is the path of mastery that you are all on. And as the most powerful energies available to you as co-creators, and I have listed many of the virtues prior to this message, and I will speak today regarding at least one or two more. as powerful energies of co-creation, they are energies that allow you to create entrainment and experience entrainment. And the absence of them also when the virtues are not being lived, when they are not being practiced, when they are not energetically present, the void, so to speak, that that leaves, or vacuum, so to speak, that that seems to create, the energetic manifestation that the absence of the virtues create can also set an entrainment pattern. All energy patterns itself. All energy has the potential to manifest in you, through you, in your world, in patterns and as patterns. Entrainment is that which creates an energy pattern. It is a strong enough energy, a significant, strong vibration, even if it is the absence of a vibration that can create an entrainment pattern. 
But I have actually been answering the question about entrainment that has been asked prior to even now by speaking of the virtues because they are powerful energies of co-creation that you are all meant to engage enact empower yourselves with and use day in and day out to be in the highest vibration that you can be to set the entrainment patterns for your life and in the energy fields around you and the souls that you interact with. They must not be taken for granted. They must not be ignored. They must not be forgotten. The virtues must not be lost. And there are many ways in which humanity has lost some of its way in using the virtues and created some of the voids that have set some of the entrainment patterns that are so unhealthy in the world right now. So the virtues are energies for co-creation and as I've explained in this series of messages there's something unique that they do something very unique that they do a true virtue that is truly being energetically expressed being energetically experienced being energetically put into action reconciles opposites it doesn't polarize it harmonizes the virtues have the powers to harmonize the opposites to harmonize the dualities that you experience in your daily life and in your daily world living them, acting from them, putting them into your actions and your thoughts, words, and deeds. doesn't just create what you are trying to ultimately birth and create in your life and create a harmony for which it can happen and It does so much more than any of you even understand. It does set a pattern. An entrainment pattern that then can become replicated and the lack of the virtues also can set an entrainment pattern that can become replicated when they is a void of them when there is the absence of them when they are 
not being used, but the opposite even is being engaged in. And I wish to make it very clear that virtues create what you consider morals in your society. True morals are based upon the virtues. But morality, like religion, can also be spun by the ego, especially the shadow of the ego, into something that is more shadow-based, where it becomes, instead of something that is creative and life-giving and life-sustaining and life-regenerative, based on the power of creation, that it becomes something that is used as an instrument to judge or condemn someone because the virtues, the true virtues, never do such things. Nor should true morality ever do such things. Nor should true religion, in the truest meaning of the word, that it means to reconnect So I wish to make that very clear. And living a virtuous life and using the energies of the virtues, living them, enacting them to harmonize and synergize the opposite energies that need to be synergized for things to be birthed and created in your lives and in your world for healing and for wholeness to take place. In that process, there is no room for the other actions that then happen and occur when the ego, especially the shadow part of the ego, steps in and creates condemnation and judgment and superiority the ego often likes to convince you that you are superior to someone else or that what you think or believe is superior to someone else's thoughts and beliefs. In my last message, last through this channel for the last global transmission, I spoke about seeing with equal vision. and how important selfless service is as a virtue, but how it's not possible 
to do so without seeing with equal vision. And seeing with equal vision doesn't mean listening to the ego when it tries to convince you that you are superior or that your thoughts or your beliefs are superior to everyone else. Nor does it mean listening to the ego when the ego is trying to self-destruct or self-negate your significance by saying that you are less than someone else or you are unworthy or undeserving of someone else. Both of these are actions of the shadow aspect of the ego especially. Your specialness, your uniqueness is assured. All of you are 100% special in the eyes of God and 100% unique and yet simultaneously in great conjunction simultaneously you are one and you are equal and you are equal even though you are not the same. And so seeing each other with equal vision. What does this bring? It is not just necessary for selfless service. To heal yourselves and restore wholeness, to heal your communities and your world and restore wholeness. There is also something else that equal vision helps to bring you to. Another virtue that equal vision allows you to have and enact and engage and live. And that is the virtue of trust. Seeing with equal vision, which also means seeing from your heart and through your heart, through the lenses of compassion and the other virtues that are all a part of the heart, Seeing with equal vision enables you to trust, to create and co-create healing and wholeness and all that you want to birth forth into creation through the virtue of trust. In fact, it is not possible to birth anything or anyone into creation without trust. 
think about it from the perspective of human birth. The physiological experience of it alone. Reflect on how much trust there has to be for that birth to happen, for that birth to take place. An enormous amount of trust has to occur. Trusting in the biological process. Trusting in the innate knowledge and the innate wisdom of the body and of spirit. Every step of the way of the birthing process, regardless of what takes place during the process, requires an act of trust. Absolutely requires it. To take the next breath or to have the next expansion or contraction. There's the trust in that process that is playing itself out in that nature that is there. That is requiring trust at every step of the way, whether we know it or not, whether you sense it or not, whether you're aware of it or not. And that's just the analogy that I am using to describe to you that that analogy must also and it is exactly to be applied to everything else that you are trying to birth whether you're trying to birth a dream that you have for your life purpose or for your career, whether you're trying to birth a dream that has something to do with your material lives or in your material affairs, whether you're trying to birth new beginnings and new relationships or new dynamics and healing in those new relationships, whatever it is that you are trying to create and create anew especially, there has to be trust in every step of that process. The virtue of trust must be applied, engaged, enacted, lived. But it is so hard in your modern day world for you to trust each other. And to have that on the much bigger level that it needs to be at. In order for what is being birthed in your world 
Because it's not just things being birthed in you and being birthed in your lives. As I explained earlier in the beginning of this message, it's being birthed on the earth and being birthed in your world. And it's not just today. And today is just the beginning. Like the birth of a new life, the birth of a child is just day one. Of that entire new life that's bringing forth. This is just the beginning of the next stage, of the next cycle of your evolutionary journey that you're on individually, but that you are on collectively. You collectively co-created where you are as a culture, as a society, as a species, as a race. You didn't create it exclusively. You co-created it it didn't co-create it with just humanity. There's also other factors involved. The trust had to be used to even get this far. And when the virtue of trust is lost, then something very profound must shift for that trust to be restored. To birth anew, to create anew. Healing and wholeness must be brought forth. And is what is being birthed, ultimately. Regeneration and renewal. Use the virtue of trust. The energy, the force of co-creation that it is. But as I said, it requires equal vision. You have to be able to listen to each other. Really listen with your ears, with your mind, with your intellect, with knowledge and wisdom and facts. and with intuition, and with the heart, and with compassion. Deep, deep listening of mind and heart, of ears and heart. And deep, deep sight. To see with equal vision is not just to see from the intuitive perspective. It is also to see both parts, the mind and the heart, equally. 
both as valid, both as important. The two different types of knowledge. Ultimately, there are even more than two, but there are two primary types in which all other wisdom is experienced through. The intellectual knowledge of your mind and all of its capability for analysis that is critical and critical thinking that is so important and the wisdom of the heart, the knowledge of the heart, the knowledge of your intuition, the intuitive knowing, both combined. You are not living by the virtues if you trust your intuition and you ignore and you use spiritual knowledge to bypass or spiritual philosophy to bypass the truth of the intellect or the truth of the emotions. Spiritual bypassing is happening and it always has, but it is very much happening and occurring in your world and it erodes trust. Using an intuition, even if it is a truth that the intuition is revealing, but using an intuition to then bypass the intellect or the emotions, or rational, practical, or logic. does not allow for trust and vice versa. Because bypassing can also happen the other way where only logic is used to bypass the awareness of the heart, to bypass the intuitive knowing the voice of the intuition. Worst case scenario, even suppress it. Both are needed. Seeing with equal vision inside yourself is seeing with equal vision how important these very different parts of yourself is and when you trust both there's the reconciliation of those opposites sometimes they are opposite sometimes they feel opposite sometimes it seems that they are perceived in very different ways trusting the intellect intellectual knowledge 
and trusting intuitive knowledge. And there is a great transformation taking place on the earth around this issue of trust. And how to restore it and how to renew it. Especially when there are intentional actions taking place in order to sow distrust. That in order to trust in yourself, you cannot bypass one or the other. It is also not advisable to use spiritual teachings or spiritual principles to bypass the validity of other people's wisdom and of other types of wisdom. And let me give you an example. Transcendence. Transcendence is a very real spiritual phenomenon and It is a very real thing that all of you will ultimately experience in your spiritual paths, in your spiritual journeys. You can trust that somewhere along the line you will experience it. And you'll experience it more and more as you spiritually mature. But what is it and what does it mean? What is it really? It doesn't mean to escape. And oftentimes, spiritual teachings and spiritual philosophy can be used and practiced in such a way, even taught in such a way, in which it is practiced to make people think that transcendence means to escape something, to escape something you don't like or that you don't want to feel. Transcendence doesn't mean escapism. It 
It is not the way out of something. It is the spiritual process through it. And the emergence that comes as you go through the journey. You do not transcend your grief, your sorrow, your pain that you're experiencing personally or collectively, and all of you are experiencing grief, sorrow, and pain collectively, whether you want to admit it or not. You do not transcend it by suppressing it. You do not transcend it by judging it. You do not transcend it by ignoring it or saying that it's not important or that it is not real or that it doesn't exist. You do not transcend it by only focusing on the things that make you want to feel good. Focusing only on the things that you think are positive and will make you feel good is not how you transcend your faith, your pain, your sorrow, your grief. Being present to them. Being present in them and to them and others. Applying the virtues. Compassion. And yes, love, which I've described, is not just a virtue, it's a power, it's a force, it's all of those things and more. But also trusting. Trusting that those emotions are a part of the human experience. It's what you do with those energies that's important. It's what you do with those energies that determine whether you can truly transcend or not. There are many who have practiced certain teachings regarding transcendence and even positive thinking to think that those are just negative and so you want to just ignore them, suppress them, deny them. Don't think anything about them. Don't look at them. Don't focus on them. And I am in no way, shape, or form advocating that those emotional energies be something that you allow yourselves to wallow in. I am not saying wallow in your pain or your fear or your grief or your anxiety. 
or any of the human suffering. That is not what I'm describing. I'm describing feel it. Be present to it. See it with equal vision. See that all of those emotions that you experience are part of the whole of the journey that you are on. And that you cannot truly transcend and you cannot truly move on to all that you are capable of as individuals and as a society and as a race and as a species and as a family of spirit until you trust the sacred mystery of it all. And you trust each other and you trust that you can be present to those emotions. You can apply the virtues to those emotions. Those emotions are energies. They are energy in motion. E-motion equals energy in motion. Feel those energies. Experience those energies. Don't deny or suppress or judge or condemn feel them and take those energies and create and co-create with them move with them and through them transform and transmute them and you can transcend you can really transcend them in that way not by trying to spiritually bypass them. Just trying to ignore everything that reminds you of something that brings them up. That's a way of spiritual bypassing them. Or thinking that just by spouting A, B, and C, certain philosophy or spiritual teachings and applying them in a very minimal way or a very basic way can immediately take you to transcendence without going through. Transcendence is not an escape from. It is a journey through. And trust. At every step of the way. Trust that you are not your emotions. They do not have to be in control of them. You are in. You can be and you are able to be in control of them. They do not have to be in control of you. You can control them. Trust that you are not your mind. You are not your emotions. You are not your body. You are an eternal spirit soul. You all are. And you're all in this co-creative experience together. This 
profound spiritual journey together. Trust in the innate wisdom that is in your soul. And trust in the intellectual knowledge that is meant to be learned and has been learned and acquired by your mind and the mind and discoveries of everyone else that you all have at your fingertips right now. Trust in the mystery, trust in the divine, and the divine will that plays a role in all that is unfolding. And learn again to trust each other. Relearn in some cases and in other cases learn for the very first time new trust in each other listening and seeing with equal vision and wholeness will be restored. And healing and regeneration and so much new is going to be birthed through you all. It will not be always obvious, especially during this dark night of the soul period that I have been speaking of, that you're all collectively and karmically going through. But the new dawn is rising, and you can trust in that as well. Trust both the process, the sacred process of the dark night of the soul, and the sacred process of the dawning. I mentioned then in closing, this is the final thing that I will say, the words trusting in the mystery. There's so much that may not be able to be clear. And there's always a great mystery involved. Because of the presence of the divine involved in every step of creation.
You trust in the mystery already for the very things that give you life. The breathing of your breath, the beating of your heart, the cellular reproductions that create your organs and give you the life physically, the body physically that allows you to live and do all that you do. There's immense trust in the great sacred mystery. And the most essential things that give you life. I've also just described how that same trust process in that great mystery for birth is also present. For the very process that there is a higher knowledge, that there is a higher wisdom at play and involved, even if it's a mystery. the very things that give you life. So if you can entrust those things and have trust in that those things will unfold the way that they are unfolding. You can learn to trust again and you can create new trust in all other areas of your life and with each other. Trust doesn't mean forcing or controlling or trying to take over or trying to force or control something or someone to do what you want them to do that doesn't instill trust. Trust requires communication. Dialogue, engagement. With equal vision and an open mind and with true listening. And you don't have to do any of it alone. We can't do it for you, but we are here to do it with you. As I send my light to each one of you individually, activating and awakening these sacred virtues within you, the light of your spirit to become clearer and brighter and stronger and to the earth at this time for the wholeness and the healing. It is time. This is the time.
Let's hear the message. Just take a moment to say a silent prayer of thankfulness and appreciation for the message and for the angels. And then we slowly bring ourselves up out of the meditation. Bring our process here full circle back to praise again. Just going to do Adonai Elohim a couple of times just to complete the process the angels gave me as they've instructed me to do. So, Adonai Elohim, Adonai Elohim, Adonai Elohim, Adonai Elohim. Inhale and exhale and bring ourselves fully up out of the meditation now. As I'm coming up out of it, I'll share with you some of the things that stood out to me. One of the things that I felt, and it's quite common for me, is that I'm feeling a lot of energy during these transmissions, an enormous amount of energy. Sometimes this was a lot of energy. And I felt like he was constantly realigning energies. Um, At one point, I felt like he was literally going around to each person um, gathered right now, making this circle at this time of the live call and like uh, aligning uh, energies. That was very special, like really getting things into alignment on a personal level and then really aligning the energies of the group and then aligning us uh, all all on this collective. So it was like, I guess that's part of the alignment of the solstice, the alignment, you know, I felt it all aligning. So the the alignment of the grand conjunction, you know, him aligning all of our energies with all of that. So that was really um, the fact that I was, I was aware of it as I was, that really stood out to me uh, quite soon. And I felt it on myself uh, a lot of uh, being um, energetically aligned. And even I feel like a lot of that part when he was typing talking about trust and every time he would use the word trust I felt like he was kind of taking us deeper into trusting like allowing us to open it ourselves to it and, and going deeper into it and then every time that he would even say the word I felt like it would allow us to move into it more and then he could like align even more so that was also a really interesting awareness um, that was coming to me um, And I also felt a lot of energy moving through the solar plexus. Um, So the heart chakra, obviously, but um, the solar plexus, the navel chakra. So the navel chakra, uh, solar plexus, uh, heart chakra. I don't know if that's just for me personally, if I was just personally experiencing that as part of my realignment or if others were experiencing that. Um, But I was feeling very, very strong um, movements of energy and shifts of energy there. There weren't a lot of visuals. Sometimes I get a lot of visuals. Um, uh, there, there were energy, I would say, is just some of the things that I was seeing. Uh, the blue-violet light associated with Archangel Michael, definitely strong in the very beginning and at the very end. Um, and then uh, these um, 
you know, the, the, actually one of the visuals is threads. Um, and this is a visual that I get sometimes is like, uh, like he's weaving threads and it's like, like all the words are like threads and like he's weaving them all together. Um, and the virtue is like threads and they're all, how they're all woven together. Um, like threads being woven into a tapestry, so to speak. That's a visual that I get, uh, quite frequently. Um, when I channel, and that was definitely coming through this one. So I am just super, super grateful and thankful for Archangel Michael and um, for these series of uh, beautiful messages that he's brought through and for this opportunity to work with all of you at this time. Um, and uh, just really wish you all a very, very uh, sacred solstice. And um, there's a special process that he gave here. Um, just try to see what I can pull through. I don't know if any of you took some notes from that because he's, this process was for tonight. But the, the process that he was describing in the beginning was using our breathing. So I just want to try to remember what I can remember from that. Uh, first of all, just regular breathing and any kind of breathing meditations. Um, and, and this is for to, for tonight, for all of us during the time that we were doing this. And I felt like he was kind of guiding us through it anyway to do it. So if you don't want to do it again, that's fine. But if you want to do it again on your own, just kind of try to review some of these steps, especially if you wanted to do it again at the time of the actual time of the conjunction um, of the Saturn great, great Conjunction, Saturn-Jupiter Great Conjunction. So then he was recommending a type of um, breathing uh, that if you wanted to try it, I'm sure you could go online and find some videos of rapid diaphragmic breathing, also known as Bellows Breath or Breath of Fire. Um, and it, it's kind of uh, re reminiscent for, for some of you who have never experienced it of, of like a, almost like how dogs pant, but it's all being done through the nose. It is rapid inhaling, exhaling, um, but he's recommending only doing it for um, few, few seconds at a time and then pausing and then maybe doing it again so doing a few repetitions that are short um, of that and um, that doing it obviously with uh, intentions from the heart and then if I remembering correctly um, trying to remember what he was instructing there with, regarding the intentions he was saying intentions or intention prayers um, from the heart for what we want to birth uh, for ourselves individually and then he was also reminding us that they can't just be um, prayers and intentions at sacred times like this uh, for just ourselves individually that we also want to put put out what we want to birth for our world, um, so for for um, each other and for our societies and our culture, for our world, for our planet even, uh, to, to include um, prayers and intentions for that. And then that's what got him into talking about healing and wholeness, and which became this whole theme going forward. So um, that he wove, again, those threads, right, that he wove in and out throughout the, the whole message, um, the intention that he's recommending that we have this intention for um, for healing and wholeness that we birth this right so, so we birth this healing we birth this wholeness of body mind emotion spirit and 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 not just of individually but also the healing of humanity the healing of the earth the wholeness of humanity the wholeness of the earth and then that's what got him into talking about the virtues and everything so I don't think there was anything else that I remember um, that he put in there as far as various specifics and the oh yeah there was actually then he said affirmations 
um, and visualizing, uh, so affirming it with some affirmations, um, and then visualizing uh, what that's like, right? Like what, it, it, yeah. So there was definitely like visualizing what it what it feels to be healthy and whole and healed and whole, uh, both again for ourselves and also for the collective, right? So what does it feel like for you know us to heal this trust, right? So how is it, there's so much distrust. What is it? What does it feel like? What does it look like? You know, try to visualize that or affirm that and, and feel that in any way we can as to what that's like in its healed state. So that was the that was the part that he did end with. Now that I'm remembering, yeah. Now that I'm trying to focus on the process that he gave, um, and then I'm pretty sure that was the last of the instruction. And then he went into the teachings about everything else that he talked to us about. All right. So thank you so much, everybody. Let me just unmute and we finish the recording.